Prostitution, the world's oldest profession. Illegal in most places in the world, and, like all things related to sex, a taboo subject we rarely discuss. But, in the rural counties of Nevada, where the West is still wild, pay for play is legal. My name is Jim, and for the last 20 years I've been a customer of the legal brothel system in Nevada. From its lavish high-end resort properties, to its small shacks in the middle of nowhere, from its connections to other arms of the sex industry, to the secrets it keeps from the public. I've seen it all, done most of it, and now I'm going to share it all with you. Join my friend Larry and I as we take you Behind the Red Light. Ladies and gentlemen, you definitely just heard uh, Jim say that's a good way to get into it, and he's <laughs> right. There we were, there. trying to have a conversation, and you hit the record button early. Yes, I did. Ladies uh. and gentlemen, welcome to Behind the Red Light, your favorite um, clean sex show. We are the cleanest sex show on the air. We are the cleanest sex show that we could possibly be because we are discussing sex, but it's how we're discussing sex in a very, very monogamous way, or at least we're hoping to. The one guy sitting on the other side of the desk is Jim. He is the guy we're going to talk to. I am the button presser, Larry, and that's where we're at today. Yes, yeah, so I'm the fornicator in residence. Yes. Well, we'll go with that. Yeah. And you just... you you. You just tag with more people than I do. Let's so be- to speak, yes. <laughs> Let's we'll go, go with, with that. that. Yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, so anyway, how you doing? I'm doing great. I, I uh, you know, things are uh, moving along here. I've reached, the, I've reached the official age where your doctors become far more interested in you when you have your annual physical. Oh. So I'm, yes, so I'm in the process of going through all these pokes and prods and everything else because you've reached the magical middle-aged where now they're going to stick a camera here and a monitor here for 10 seconds and this that and the third and yeah i this is my i finally now understand my father's phrase of growing old is okay it's just damn inconvenient yes i'm now understanding the inconvenience part i completely understand and speaking of inconvenience and if you are a fan of our show and have been listening to us for a very very long time by the time this show gets released i may or may not have finally have gotten all the leaves off of my lawn because of that damn tree that's outside possibly but i doubt it probably not it's a big tree but you know before we get going any further than that we should probably tell people oh our p's and q's yes and what you can and cannot do yeah we should probably tell people that we are not here today to promote no we are not here to push you towards no we are not paid by and endorsing anybody no we are here simply to educate inform and hopefully entertain a little bit yes so turn up the berry white turn those lights down get that bottle of cavassier and let's get to business wow okay hell yes yes you got me all worked up when you said berry white i'm ready to go hey berry white that's baby making music right there you know more people in our generation were conceived to berry white i would imagine than any other music and booze and booze. Well, of and course. Yeah, of course. Well, when it was for me, it was a 70s, so perhaps Quaaludes as well. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, who knows? I don't know. Knowing your dad, probably. No, not, not my father. But yeah, no. that's, that's uh, taking into account who our parents were at uh, that Yeah, time. definitely. In our individual cases, no. No. But in plenty of other cases, perhaps. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure booze was involved. Anyway, uh, today's show is going to be a little... In, a, 
well, it's not a deviation off of what we normally do, but it's still more informative. We're going to uh, hit that information entertainment aspect. Hopefully, yeah. Um, glossary of terms. Mm-hmm. We really, the last time we focused on a glossary of terms is when we were going over the menu. Yeah. And that was that was interesting to find out what around the world was. And yeah, we didn't we didn't go into a lot of detail on some of this stuff. No. Yeah. And 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 and, and different terms for for client and, and and different terms for for working girl mm-hmm. and 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 we've ad, uh, adapted what a madam is and yeah and a bra so yeah actually let's start there what's the difference between a brothel and a bordello uh the word that's it there really isn't any difference whatsoever um bordello is an older word i think i it probably pre- predates brothel i would imagine but um yeah they both mean the same thing so there really isn't any any difference there, um, and both are innocuous. Yeah. So they don't. They, neither one elicits a, a negative response the way some of these do, and that's kind of the main thing about what you're going to hear today is is that some of the things you don't want to say, and some of the things you do. Let's talk about you know the basic term of working girl, for instance. Yeah, that was going to be my next thing. <clears throat> you can use the term working girl quite easily. I mean, and, and nobody is going to get offended by that. Sex worker these days is acceptable. Uh, you, know, you can use that term. and that's It's very, very interesting, and not to get, to pol- not to get political, but more people are, are more supportive of the sex worker than the person going to visit the sex worker. Usually, yes. Usually, but today that's true. But that's because historically it was the other way around. This is true. Um, uh, and uh, well, we can get into that at some point in a little more detail, and I'll explain that. But in any case, uh, we got working girl, sex worker, legal prostitute, if she's legal. That, that's acceptable. But you do not use the term slut or whore. Ooh. Uh, you know, those terms would not be considered appropriate. We wouldn't use those terms to describe the girls. Is it degrading? Yes. It's an insult. It's an insult. It, it is. When you think about it, if you see a group of women, and then there's a second group of women, and these women are going to get into a fight over God knows what, the first thing they start calling each other is whores. And a, a, you a, know, a B word. Yeah. Sure, yeah bitch, yeah. slut, whore, yeah. you know, tramp, whatever. So they're going to be gonna as start catty out, as they possibly can right, be. Right. They're going to start throwing out words like this. Those words have a weight. And so if they're used as a pejorative in one voice, you don't all of a sudden turn around and use that as a description for somebody. And you certainly don't do it as an idiot guy who says, well, what else would you call them? Well, I can come up with a whole list of names you could much like sex worker, prostitute, legal her, her, courtesan. Her name. Yes, her name. Why don't also we call works. these women by their name? They appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I heard I heard a porn star whose name evades me at the moment describe herself as a sexual athlete. I can see that. You know, so there's Well, I'm not gonna go see that, but yeah. But in any case, that's that's the you know, again, there's acceptable things, there's not acceptable things. And it works reverse as well. Right. Uh you know, customer, client, uh those types of things are okay. Even John is eh, is sort of borderline. You know, it's really not but trick. 
That's a very negative term. Now, before we get uh, before we go past John, one thing that you should know about the word John, J A W N, um, is used frequently through Philadelphia well, to no, describe yeah, that's, everything. That's a, that's a different word. Than, we're not talking J O H N. That, that's the word I'm talking about. Oh well, still I hear John, and like everything's a John when right. you're in Philadelphia. It's, it's like in wrestling, everything's a gimmick. Yeah, yeah, it's same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but yeah yeah if you're if you're in Philly John does not necessarily mean a man's name yeah but uh, outside of there you know okay so where did the term John come from is it just a, a the most basic generic name that they could come up with you or? know I'm not entirely sure uh, what the history of that word is in prostitution if I had to guess it's probably law enforcement. Okay, And I would say that because if they are describing a situation and they're looking at, you know, these prostitutes, Johns would be short for John Doe's. They don't know the identity of these men. And in law enforcement and so forth, the term John Doe or Jane Doe Mm. is used in situations where we don't know the name. So that would be my guess. My guess is that it comes from that. Or John Law. It could come from well. Johnny Law describes law law enforcement. That's generally described more often as Ellie. Oh, which stands L E yeah. law enforcement. That's yeah. usually how that's described in illegal prostitution circles. But um, yeah, that's uh, that would be my guess. My guess is that's that comes from more law enforcement than it does the girls. Trick is what is commonly referred to what they commonly refer to a customer and it's a negative connotation. And the reason it's a negative connotation is because it comes from street prostitution. Explain, explain to the audience what the term trick means. Well, it, it's basically the description of the customer. She's doing a trick. Basically she does a trick by getting the guy off and gets his money for doing very little. Now, um, one uh, the reason why I brought it up is uh, now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, one of the reasons why they use the term "trick" is that they're tricking the guy out of money for a service that they could genuinely get for free. Is there any truth to that? Um, wow, that's that's a good question. The term has been used for so long, and because of the circles that you're talking about, it got used in. It wasn't like there was an anthropologist around at the time. And there should have been. Yeah, or a sociologist that was going, boy, we should really record this information and why. I don't know. And then I showed up and like, hey, yeah. let's podcast. So so the validity of that statement, I don't know how, how true. I've heard it before, but to give you some kind of historical reference or accuracy to that, I really don't know. I could see that being said for sure. Um but ultimately, the term trick is generally believed to be a negative term um, because there's no real relationship that is formed between the street prostitute and the and the client. There really isn't. It, it's it is, a pump and dump, hold it, a poke. Absolutely. So because of that, it's not, you know, if she can roll that guy, which is, in other words, if she can rob from him, if she can get something without doing something, if she can swindle this guy which is what's known as a trick roll uh if she can roll that guy she's going to no because there's no reason for her not to and, and you, you again uh rolling part of our uh part of our discussion about mm-hmm. uh glossary terms yeah how how many people 
do you or not how many people how commonplace is being rolled being on, trick rolled yeah on the outside of the legal system if you're outside the legal system i would suggest that today getting rolled happens most often with street prostitutes if you pick a girl up off the street the chances are great that you could be rolled because there is no real system in place for you to um, vet that girl. And as a result, you are, she knows there's no way for you to find out that she's rolled 12 guys this week. Okay. Conversely, if this is an escort that you're going to, uh, let me, I mean, before I go that far, keep in mind that that street prostitute is probably working anywhere between the $20 and $100. Mm -hmm. Okay? Maybe $150 if you get one that's early on in her drug addiction. Okay? I'm just being honest here. That is what it is. If you are now entering the escort realm and you're between that $300 and $1,000 and up, if she's really high, high end, if you're in that realm, there are websites there are websites where you can go and you can actually pay to be part of so that they know you're not law enforcement. And in doing so, you have access to thousands of listings of girls and guys who have reviewed them. I have spent money on this woman. She's cool. you got nothing to worry about. And beside each one of those guys is the number of reviews that they've done. So if you see a guy who's been around for a long time and he has seen her, uh, you know, he's he's a hobbyist, as we call him, okay? If he's a hobbyist and he's he's frequents uh, ladies of the night and he's out there doing reviews all the time, this guy is somebody that you can pretty well rely on. If he says that she's fine, she's not, you, you're in good shape. There are similar websites for the girls. Hmm. And as a guy, you can't get access to it. But they will blacklist guys because the danger is just as great for them, if not more so, that they're going to be hurt when they go to see somebody new. So their safety is paramount. You know, the number of keep in mind, there is no. How do I put it? There is no uh, 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 selection of women. On the planet more targeted than sex workers when it comes to murder, serial killers serial rapists these they target these women violence yeah. yeah because they're a section of society that most of us ignore want nothing to do with and don't care about so because we as a society not you and i obviously we don't but because society as a whole thinks of them as disposable people we don't care and so a lot of these crimes go unanswered for years and years and years if ever and so the girls know that. And so the ones that have the, you know, the ability and, and everything, they, they keep themselves safe. They will vet a guy. If you go to her website and you've never been with her before, she is going to ask you to probably participate in a, a vetting process in which she is going to make sure you are you, that she's not getting into it, that your name, that your phone number, she's going to have this information. And it's on her computer. If she disappears, the police are going to know who she was with last. That's 
that's a safety uh you know what i mean and that way you know that as well so it it, it increases the likelihood that you're going to be a good boy you now, see you brought up the term hobbyist hobbyist Ex yes uh, expound on that uh so hobbyist is another term again much like client uh john trick whatever that describes but what it describes is it describes the guy who is a frequent flyer if you will this isn't a one-time thing that he did because he was getting married and wanted to experience one more thing before he before he went down the aisle. This isn't the guy who, well, you know, once a year I'm on a business trip and I decide to do this. This isn't the guy that got lonely one night and just for the, for the hell of it tried it and never did it again. This is not the guy we're talking about. We're talking about a guy who, like myself, has been a client for years and years and years and years and years and has done this heaven knows how many times. That's what a hobbyist is. Okay. Typically, hobbyists are generally more frequent uh, or find themselves frequenting illegal prostitution more than I do. Oh. But it's not something I choose to do, but you know, well, it does happen. I just recently introduced you to a term that we were talking about right before we hit the record Yeah, I'd button. never heard this before. The term schmo. Yeah, I mean, I'd heard it before, but I didn't know it had a meaning, anything specific. Yeah, it turns out that in the uh, there is a... a small segment i'm gonna call it a small i don't of the know, fetish community of the yeah. fetish community where men like to wrestle muscle-bound women yes for money yeah um in fact that was one of them right now yeah, just trying, trying to trying get to a, contact me trying yeah. to get a hold of you wondering yeah. how come you haven't put her in a headlock recently right yeah something like that sure now that that that's not that's gonna happen not that's not yeah, what he's no. into <laughs> but anyway there there's a fetish community and like penetrations not involved or no or, it's or, again it's 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 uh in the realm of like s&m and stuff like that where it's not necessarily a sexual act that's kind of where i i i got from it it was um high profile men who like being put in positions or holds you know uh, leg lock headlock you know wrist lock what so, have you what yeah. have you um and be told that they're nothing. It's that giving up of the release of power. Yes, it's a release of power. That's mm -hmm. the best way you can describe it. Yep. It's a release of power. And these men are known as schmoes. Yeah. I, I didn't know that they had a term for them. That, that was interesting. And I don't know if it's a pejorative term or not. I just know you're just telling me that it's the term. So no. if we're saying something that is negative, sorry, we didn't know. We Yeah, I didn't know. I yeah. picked this up from a documentary I just watched because I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it's wildly interesting. I didn't I didn't know there was a term for it. Well, it was wildly interesting to me to – and I really shouldn't have been – as soon as I f was finding out about this activity, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm not really surprised that that's an activity, but I was today learned of it. I Yeah, I, I've heard of it before. But I didn't know that there were terms. I, I should have expected there were yeah. terms associated with it. But I didn't know any of them or anything like that. I wasn't that familiar with it. I knew I knew enough to know it existed as a fetish. Yeah. But that's all I really knew about it. And it's not the first time I came across this because I, I I don't know how you how how well versed you are with phone workers. Um, I've never. Uh, well, <laughs> I never did it. So I never did it either. Uh, no, on either side of it. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know much about it. I know it exists. But um, one of uh, uh, a couple of friends that I, I I had, well, a couple of friends I had, a couple of friends that I know, um, decided to go into that side of the industry, and they told me the biggest thing 
or the 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 main two people that would call them now every once in a while you'd get the quick the guy who'd quick do his business and and and, and go about his day but there would just be lonely guys who were looking for somebody to talk to mm-hmm. and then there would be these high power guys that would want their power taken away from them yeah i would that is a there's a huge i know that's a huge community and i i don't know how huge the community is i do know that again that the there are some people who who have all this money and all this power and all this fame and their biggest um, excitement is to have that all removed from them. I I would say this. I'd be interested to see sociologically speaking how common it is today versus in previous generations. Because as we have as men, uh, at least in Western culture, have become less – what's the term I want to use? Less dominant, so to speak, as women's lib and everything. I'm curious to see if that has either – slowed the number of men that are into that or you know reversed it at all perhaps i I don't know i'd be interested to see how that has worked since you know the the women's movement and everything has picked up so much steam whether you know if that's had any impact on the number of men interested in in being submissive like that yeah uh, well this kind of turned into a two-part episode or not a two-part episode but a two-subject episode because you're familiar with the s&m company i I am am. and the bdsm i'm not i'm not familiar with it enough though to suggest how many you know like how common it is versus how common it was right that that part i don't know but uh again it's the whole giving up control Mm -hmm. is there a term for this is there terminology that we should be familiar with well submissive i mean submission submission certainly um and i will say that this is one of the 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 topic what we're what we're talking about now is one of the major reasons when that what was that book series that came out that everyone was all hyped up about oh uh 50 shades of gray 50 shades of gray so which i thought was hilarious because my uh my aunt and her friends were all reading this and like but this is porn. Well, yes, but th- that's not what I wanted. The part I wanted to touch on. The reason, largely, that the S and M community was furious over this thing is one: it did not demonstrate proper permission. It did not demonstrate proper etiquette on how a relationship like this would work at all. And the second thing that it that it didn't do is it didn't present an honest image, because the the. the the guy in the book series, I, I know so little about it, I don't even know his name. I don't the know guy in the name. book series, as this high executive with all this money and blah, 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 he never would have been dominant. Never. Never, 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 never. He'd have been submissive. And here's why. Because the submissive has all the power. And this is what people outside of kink never seem to understand. That play scene, that scene. I never saw the movie. Okay, and when I say scene, I don't mean movie scene. I mean an actual encounter between a, a dominant and a submissive. They'll call it a scene. Okay. okay? That scene. See, that's glossary. There you go. The moment that submissive uses that safe word, boom, it's over. It only goes so long as the submissive allows it. If that submissive decides, we're done here. You're done. You don't. You don't, as the dominant, get to say no. I tell you when it's ant wrong. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You screwed up. Scene's over. 
So that's something that's very important to understand. A guy that has that kind of concern over control, he'd never, never give up that kind of control by being a dominant. Hmm. He's a submissive all the way. See, I know the, I know next to nothing uh, based on the SM, S&M community other than the, the two uh, leather cloud men that I saw, that you saw in, yeah. in Amsterdam. It's, um, um, I, I, you know, there are certain things I encourage people to do for a knowledge basis. Uh, and whether it's watching a documentary on it or going and seeing it live, go see it. Go see it. Learn. You know, if, if nothing else, there's nothing wrong. We will pick up a book and read and learn about anything else. But if it's anything to do with sex, we won't. I don't understand this. This is ridiculous. It's such an important part of human existence. And yet we don't want to know anything about it. No, go out there and learn and learn the right way. If you go, we've, we've talked at this point ad nauseum about events that you can go to. If you go to these events, you talk to these people. That's what they're there for. They're there to help educate you about the community. Whether you're interested in it or not is not relevant to them. They're just there, to, much like us, to provide information. What you choose to do with it is up to you. You choose to love it. You choose to hate it. That's equally fine. At least you've been educated. And that's what these people are there for in those scenarios. So, you know, people should educate themselves about that type of thing. I, I'm, I'm very serious about that. Um, from what I understood, uh, the S&M community, yeah, S&M community and the BDSM community, uh, they have houses or... Dungeons. Dungeons. We'll call them dungeons because mm -hmm. that's the term. Um, all over the place, and they can stay open because there is no sexual encounters happening in those dungeons. That's correct. There are also private dungeons. If you get into the community and people know you and they trust you, they might invite you to their private dungeon. And these are people that will have maybe an outbuilding on their property. They may have turned their entire house into one or portions of their house. Um, I, knew a, uh, I knew a couple that was into uh, S&M and age play. I've been to their home. They have a, um, a portion of the house. One of the bedrooms is devoted to age play. It has these oversized children's beds in them that are designed to make it feel like, to make you feel small, to make you feel. And you know, the people that are in the community go in there in color and just basically live their kink of regressing into childhood or whatever um you know and this is what they, it's not a sexual thing for most of them it's it's literally just a in a lot of ways a release of power a release of responsibility a release of adulting and just returning to a more innocent time go figure we'd have to turn something where you just want to release your power and responsibility into a kink well it, it's you know a lot of times the word kink in and of itself is a term yeah because, to me, it's synonymous with coping mechanism. And that's a really important thing to understand. Because when we call it kink, there's a certain portion of people that will immediately associate something negative with it. Mm -hmm. If we call it a coping mechanism, well, that poor bastard. And it's a totally different scenario where we will empathize with that individual all of a sudden. 
So a lot of times I that's where again wrong terminology or not understanding terminology and what it really means can have a negative impact. Um because especially with age players which is a a subset of the SNM community especially with age players they're largely misunderstood. And people will suggest that they are um they they somehow like children. That's not the case at all. That is not the same thing. You know, one is a kink, the other is an aberration. The, and there is there is nobody in that community that hurts children at all or goes anywhere near children like that. That's that's not what it is. So it's uh, again, it's important to understand terminology and understand Absolutely. what things are. Um, but in any case, back to this this house, the attic of the house that I'm talking about had a full dungeon in it. So you know, people could go up there and do what they're going to do or whatever. And what's interesting is then outside of the play areas. When you come down and you're in the normal part of the house, well, you know, it's a party. So they're serving, you know, nibbly things and food and drinks and everyone's talking and having a good time. And it's completely innocuous to what's going on upstairs. Oh. And it's, again, it's (laughs) for... (laughs) Well, all right. (laughs) This is the bizarre part for people. It's the bizarre part is the juxtaposition of the normalcy that's going on on the main floor. And then you or, find out what's, outside. Hap- what's happening behind closed doors. Exactly. But what is going on upstairs is just there. And they just happen to be like-minded people that are creating a safe space for this to occur ethically, for it to occur safely, where no one's going to get hurt. You know, and these are all very important things. So, you know, shout out to those people in the community that do those things and open their homes in that way because they're doing a service to a lot of people and, and should be appreciated for yeah, it. Yeah, and especially if these people aren't vetted properly, you don't know what interesting yes. person you're going to have come yes, in your house. Yes, they've, they've got to be very careful. I mean, they have to be very careful and vet correctly and everything else. Because they're, pe- again, and, and you and I know this. Um, backwards and forwards, there are extremists in the world. Oh, without a doubt. And there are people willing to take everything way too far. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely, uh, of all the places that you need to be safe and consensual, this would probably have to be the place. It is. It is, without a shadow of a doubt. The, the things that go on in a place like that and some of the tools that are used, you know, a violet wand, for instance, has a lot of different settings on it. And could be a violet one for those of you who don't know what it is. It originally comes from a bit of quackery from the late 1800s. Quackery? Yes, that's the term. And it's for medical equipment that was never really medical equipment. Oh, quack! Okay. Oh, uh, I was wondering so, if there was if you were going to lead to quackery because now that's my favorite word. Yeah, I like that. So, There's a bunch of quackery going on. So here. what a violent wand is, and I actually own one of these. It's what I own is not the toy. What I own is the actual piece of medical apparatus from a hundred years, a couple hundred years ago. Um, and what's interesting about it is reading the manual on this thing and what it was used for and what attachments he used on it. But essentially, it plugs into the wall. You turn it on, and you know those big glass balls that you would see that you put your hands on, and it looks like lightning is going yes. to your hands. It's basically this concept, only it's turned up that you literally feel it. Oh, so you feel this electrical shock. And how high you turn it will determine how strong that is. What tool you're using can determine how strong, how you're grounding the person, Mm -hmm. etc. And you could do a lot of damage with it if you were, if you knew what you were doing or didn't know what you were doing and did something stupid uh, or the wrong attachment or whatever. And there are people that use this now as a form of S and M play. Well, um, 
yeah, because I believe uh, I know what device you're talking about. It's how it's a way to transfer lightning bolts in the human lightning bolt community where people want to play with electricity. No, well, it's not. It's not the. Um, it's not the. It's not the metal ball that that shoots the the literal lightning. No, no, no. It's not the it's big not that. One. It's literally a glass ball. That has that in inside. Of yeah, it. the transference of electricity. Yeah. that. But what it's not doing on that lar- on that scale and with those is you you don't really feel anything when you're touching the outside of that glass ball. With with the actual violet one, you will feel something. It you'll literally and it it in a lot of ways. I've had one uh, demonstrated on me before. It felt like getting a tattoo. Oh, that's what it felt like to 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 put some type of feeling on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I don't know if they all like all the different attachments feel that way, but I was actually in at Sherry's ranch and one of the girls had one. This is how I discovered it was a thing. Hmm. And um, was it worth it? Well, I didn't pay. We was just in the bar. She was demonstrating it, and uh, I was curious to see. And I said, "What is it?" And she was explaining what it is in the background. And she said, "Do you want to feel it on your arm?" And I said, "Sure, why not? I'm curious. Yeah. You know, why, why not?" And she really, and she knew what she was doing. She was, uh, and she, and it was, it was interesting. I wouldn't get it. For me, it would not be a kink. You know, I didn't get anything out of it. Mm. But I was interested to feel it to to see what it was, and you know, I could see how some. I've heard of people who love getting tattoos who mm-hmm. say, "Oh my God, I love how it feels," or whatever. For those people, dude, that thing is probably you know, yeah. Yeah, without having to get the ink. Exactly, because it's not leaving any mark, and it, you know, it's yeah, it, it's. Uh, I could see where that would be a huge fetish to somebody for sure. Well, and uh, speaking about fetishes, we uh, fetish about having a mailbag that we need to go into. We and, do, and I'm going to tell you how to get there, ladies and gentlemen. Behind the red light, seven zero two at hotmail. No, that's oh, gmail. Oh, gmail dot com. Uh, let's try this again. Try that again. Yes, yes. we're going to try this again and leave it in there because we are imperfectionists, much like the rest of the world. Um, try to. Get Get a hold of us at behind the red light 702 at gmail.com where you can ask us anything you want to, and we will leave the comment in there um, anonymously. You don't have to expose yourself. No, no, no. Of but course not. if you do want to expose yourself, Jim, tell them how to do it. Well, if you want to expose yourself, there are a few ways. I'm not helping you with no. Most tell of them. them how to do it but the if, legal way. Yes, but if you want to expose yourself as being a fan of the show, there that I go. that I can help you with. Yes. All you got to do is go to Facebook and check out Behind the Red Light and like us and follow us and all that jazz. You'll know you're in the right place when you see the beautiful logo of the silhouette of a woman in neon and behind the red light. And you just like that page, and uh, we will be sure to uh, uh, welcome you to our community of, of craziness and so on and so forth. And, of course, we post things there, like when new shows drop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a good time, especially if you're if you're just getting into this and, uh, and starting to look for people and you want to meet people. Yeah, and we- if you have questions about terms, ask us. We'll be glad to answer. We'll be glad to help you out. No. If you don't know what a half and half is, we're not referring to the – the creamer you put in your coffee. No. You, know, you can certainly ask us, and we'll let you know. No, but somebody will be putting something in their mouth. They will. And on, they will. Uh, on that note, let's try to slowly back out the door. Okay. All right. This has been Larry. That's Jim. We thank you all very much again for listening to our nonsense, and we appreciate all the support. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody.